Hey guys, this is a disclaimer for this week's episode. We are not financial experts and the topics discussed are not intended as official financial advice. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Unhinged. My name is Lyra. Uh, my name is Tessa and um, we're both PhD students or working in the field of psychology and we talk about our mental health related issues, surviving your 20s, um, pop culture related stuff, just things that come up yeah. in day to day life. And today we're going to talk about something that we have, I mean, maybe more recently delved into, um, and fi- which is finance. Yeah. How to save, how to invest, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I think like we've both been, you know, students, we've both worked like real casual jobs. We've both had, and like, we both got quite like different, I guess, like, um, uh, living situations now. Like yeah. you're a mom, yeah. you have a family to support. Yeah. Um, and like, whereas I'm a single, like one unit household. And so like we both come, can come at this from very different mm. angles. Mm. Um, but we're both, you know, still like in our twenties and have had to manage like how to, I guess, buy, uh, how to start like some basic first investments, how mm-hmm. to like save, um, when you don't actually have that much in the in the pool, uh, like you don't yeah. when, when you don't have many resources, how do you be scrappy? How do you pull it together? How do you like start managing your money in a more efficient way in yeah. your twenties? Yeah. Um, um. I was like sixteen, I think, when I started saving for my first car that I bought in my early twenties. Um, and I just, after that, I never really saved. I just kind of did paycheck to paycheck, which is yeah. normal for, you know, a uni student. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like after I had my baby was when my partner and I realized, hey, holy shite, money is very important mm. and we better get our freaking act together about this and, and educate ourselves on, on kind of what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's like, it's sort of um, at least this time of your life, like in your 20s, you know, you might be, a lot of people um, are studying and working casual jobs, so your income isn't like super secure or like maybe Mm. it jumps around, maybe you're on like short-term contract related stuff or maybe there's periods of time where you don't work, Um, maybe you're like bouncing between Centrelink um, and uh, if you don't know what that is, it, in Australia, that is like um, uh, sort of the wel- welfare allowance. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you, you know, things are like insecure. And so it's um, and, and, and you might be thinking, like, how do I possibly even start saving because I'm not in a position to save? But yeah. we want to talk about small things that you can do now in your 20s that will set you up um, mm-hmm. in a, in. Uh, to so when you go into your 30s 40s and when when you get closer and closer to retirement you have some good habits um and and money isn't something that controls you and you at least have some ownership of it yeah and you manage it sort of well because i think we've both got a lot of experience with yeah not having much in the kitty but like learning how to manage it well and successfully definitely and and the thing is like the most eye-opening kind of statement for me about money was about like I, I, I'm pretty sure like everyone's heard of this book. It's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. But at the start of the book, he says that 
he talks about how the education system doesn't talk about money, about how to make money. Uh, but all we do is for money. We work for money. We yeah. earn money. We spend money. We invest. You know, money money rules everything around us when you think about it, right? And that is the number one thing that people don't understand how to manage. A lot of people, well, you know, we're driven in a world of consumerism and like uh, the world we live in wants us to spend our money, right? That's how, yeah, that's, how, that's how the economic system works. It works yeah. when people spend. So of course, you know, every day you go out, there's, um, there's so many opportunities for you to spend money. It's mm. very, uh, and there's so many opportunities for you to spend money that's not even yours as well. So there's lots of um, credit options and like, I guess. Like, like Zipay's, Afterpay. Zipay, yeah, Afterpay. Yeah. Like, oh, there's like Klarna. There's so many of so them So many, now. yeah. And they're marketed towards young people. Young people in their 20s because yeah. it's not like, I think we view it differently from like a credit card. Like obviously credit cards have been around for ages. Yeah. Um, and banks make money giving out people credit cards like that banks need to loan people money to yes. make money that's how yep, they, yep. they work so um and it's the same like afterpay makes money by loaning money that uh, to people because mm -hmm. they count on the fact that people won't pay it back in time and that they'll make money on interest and things like that yeah so um afterpay zip pay um klarna all of those pay in in um parts even paypal is offering that now paying mm. for they are all credit cards it's all the they same are. thing yeah going back to what you said about like people allowing money to control them and not having agency over their own money I feel like people it's very easy to let money make you uh, really anxious so to sign up for all these different things to have you know, to be oh, constantly yeah. in debt to um, another afterpay payment or to a credit card bill or to be constantly paying interest and to that's very normal mm -hmm. and to to be then to have some anxiety and and sort of fear about money and then now all of a sudden instead of you controlling your finances your finances are controlling you yeah and i think it was like donald trump i'm not a donald trump supporter but i highly i listen to the guy when it comes to financial advice yeah he says like debt is a double-edged sword debt can either and this is so true debt can either give be the, the key to investments to passive income for example if you're taking out debt to buy an apartment to rent out that you will then get uh, people into that'll pay you money right that's an example of yeah. good debt and good debt. Yeah. using debt to your advantage whereas if you have like debt's a loaded gun when it comes to a credit card yeah it's if you put yourself into a hole when it comes to a credit card, it's very hard to get yourself out of that yeah. hole. And I mean, I've personally, I'm th thankful I've never had a credit card. My partner's never had a credit card where yep. like very much like if you can't buy it right now, then don't buy it at all. But I do think that um, the one time that I did actually have like a ZipPay account, and this is a good example of when you can use that stuff, is when I spilled water on my laptop and I had to get a new laptop for right. work, right? Yeah. And I wanted to get a really good one because like I just think like I find value in buying a high quality thing and keeping it for a really long time. Absolutely. So yeah, I took out I took out a ZipPay, I ended up paying it off and and that was it. I did actually get lost in that zip pay for a little bit though. I bought like a couple of dresses, a couple of things. Yeah. And then I went, no, you're being stupid and I paid it off and that was it. And then yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's and, and and I agree with you. I think those though that's a very that's a useful tool. Sometimes a credit card can be like a useful 
tool for a very specific purpose. The times I've had a, I have had a credit card and I didn't get in trouble with it in terms of interest, but it does, like you said, it, it, it gives you this illusion that you have more to spend than you actually do. Yeah. Um, when you have a credit card and then if you have a phone app, the way it works is it'll show up in your bank account as your credit card account and say you've got a limit on there of $2,000. It'll show up as $2,000 in the green. Mm. Psychologically, it looks like that's your $2,000. It looks, and the bank wants you to spend that money. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so even if, and I had this weird idea like for a long time that if I, so I initially got the credit card for travel. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a really good yeah, thing to yeah. get it, open up a credit card with like really low fees or whatever. But that if you're going overseas, have a bit of extra cashola to in your in your back pocket, so that if everything goes tits up, you've got some mm-hmm. extra money that mm-hmm. you can just pop in the credit card and deal with later. I think that's yeah. a very good safety thing. Yeah. So I had it for that initially, but then I just sort of kept it because it was nice looking at. An extra two grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not mine. It's actually at zero. And the minute you start spending on it, the um, it doesn't show up as like negatives. You know, it, it like it's like how much money you you owe them. And, and it was easy to start. Like so, every week I was getting my paycheck, and then a good portion of it was paying off the credit card because I was like existing in this sort of like. Yeah, like yeah, this loop. Like, so, a, like a hamster wheel. Yeah, so I was able to pay it off with my paycheck, but most of my paycheck was paying it off, and then I would oh. be using the credit card again to like pay for the following. So I was kind of living a week in advance yeah. to what I was, and I caught myself out on doing that, and I thankfully closed the credit card before it could get any worse. But that, but that illusion, I think about how much money I would have spent in that period of time having the credit card because it looks like I had two grand extra in my bank account than what I actually did. Mm. As opposed to if I just didn't have that money at all, in the, if I had the money that I did have in my account, which was, wasn't very much because I was like, um, didn't have very, very much money at the time, um, I would have spent a lot less and wouldn't have yeah. needed the credit card. Like it's just, it's all a bit of a psychological game. Well, I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that it is like a psychological game because it's a psychological game when it comes to money in general, not just credit cards. Um, and I've been caught out on this. Like we, my background, you know, I grew up in, I grew up in Russia, I moved to Australia, but um, those initial years of being raised in Russia, um, post World War II, post Soviet times, that, I mean, if you if you're someone from like Eastern Europe in particular, you'll you'll find it super relatable. Where people have this uh, mentality of like that everything is is kind of unattainable. Be careful because the government will take your money away at any given second. Right. That kind of that kind of situation, right? And for a long period of time, I, I used to say like. Oh, like I just, I just can't afford that. I'm just not gonna buy it. I can't afford it. Now my mindset has changed to um, not saving for it. Not I can't afford it, but what can I do right now so that I can buy it? And that's not in the form of, and that's not in the form of um, saving for it or getting a credit card for it. It's in the form of can I trade something? Can I sell something of my own right now? That's taught me a valuable lesson. Not, not in, um, not in like a, a sense of. Not in a sense of like being, um, of being like, I, I don't know, like a finance bro or wankery <laughs> in any sort yeah. of way, but shifting that mindset to what can you do to get what you want right, yeah. right now. That's a, that's a very productive way to see, like, yeah, 
to you know get the goods and services that you need or want and evaluating them and being like okay well like instead of instead of because yeah, if you, you can go both ways it's like oh well I'll never be able to afford that yeah that's very unproductive or just popping it on the credit card without thinking about it it's like that's quite unproductive and quite dangerous as well yeah so it's like I think that that adopting quite a productive mindset it's like okay I want this new laptop or I want this new particular thing you can evaluate the needs versus the wants it's like okay well in terms of like how much money I've got right now how urgent is it yeah what's the priority um but and also some wants as well are important like if you want like you shouldn't have to you know just because it's something that you want and didn't really need mm. um it doesn't mean you, you know that you shouldn't get to buy it like that's that's another thing to think about well, as well well I, I don't think that living below your means is a very productive financial strategy because you're always downsizing yeah while using that strategy. well like it, it is always possible you could live under one light bulb and live on black and gold baked beans but like it's um, it, it, and you'll survive yeah but like there is there's, there's something about being like there, there is a, um, uh, uh, there is a truth in being like, or people can be mean spirited with money. I think. Can just be yes. Like, <laughs> really stingy. Really stingy. Yeah. Really like, and that is, I feel that's really toxic. And while you might not experience things like, if you're that like mind, like sort of driven that way to be like, this is having all this money in my bank makes me feel very secure and safe and I'm not going to spend a penny of it and it makes you makes you very stingy it's hard to you know that it, it, it'll impact your relationships eventually people won't want to go out with you because yeah exactly you, you'll like care about splitting four dollars fifty over something and you know and, <laughs> and there's only so this is the other thing is that there's only so long that you can live off of a can of baked beans under one light bulb for, yeah, you know? yeah 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 definitely and there's also this thing where like people so there's this analogy that I was sort of taught once and I, I think that it is incredible in terms of saying like you scrounging up your money in a bank it, it's only a strategy a good short-term strategy it's not a good long-term strategy in terms of depositing for a house for example right. it used to be and right now what we're experiencing is a hangover from that and people struggling financially because they're constantly saving yeah so as an example right um, back in okay I think it was around the 1970s when the when money became completely worthless that because they started printing it money yep. used to be backed the US dollar used to be backed on um, which is the Federal Reserve currency used to be backed on gold so backed by gold sorry and Richard Nixon took it off of the off of gold so that means that there is now an infinite amount of dollars they're printing it whatever and inflation is slowly starting to occur as a result of that process yeah. so um, what kind of happened yeah like around I think it was around the 80s right was that people people still sort of wanted to save money and saving is still a gold standard because you want your house you want the deposit for the house whatever whatever and they put that money into a bank so around that time if you had a million bucks or a hundred thousand dollars fifty thousand whatever and you stored that money in a bank you would get about a ten percent return on that money because that's the that, that's the interest rate at the time was about ten percent yeah. so you get ten percent each year off of the money that you had stored in the bank so that's okay that's a sound safe investment strategy right if you consider it it's like it's like taking out some bonds for example however right now do you know what that percentage is no one percent Right. So, for the so you're storing your money in a bank, 
and you're getting 1%, around 1% yeah. of that money back each year. Whilst, whilst you're, ta you're storing that money in the bank and getting 1% back, the interest rates keeps rising and rising and rising. So the house that you initially had in mind when you started saving has now turned into an apartment because of the rate of inflation. Yeah. The really okay, rapid yeah. rate of inflation. Yeah. So uh, is it, is, this is why finance bros go, cash is trash, savers are losers. Because yeah. unfortunately, when you're saving, it's, it's a fact that you're just going down, down, down. Your standard so is going down. The rate at which people can save normally, at least isn't matching um, other ways, you, well, like in, in terms of like the the affordability of housing is going up and up. Yeah, and up. yeah. And saving just isn't isn't cutting it. You, I guess you know there is some. Uh, well, I suppose I, I don't know like as much about investing as you do, but I do. Like even when even at the moment as interest rates are going up. I know that you can make some fixed term deposits with the bank that yeah. run on these like high, like because interest rates are going up, they are going up with the bank. But again, even even ever so slightly, and so you know you might pop like ten grand in the bank and keep it in there for a while, and you might get a return of like I don't know, a few hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, so yeah. you're like okay, and well, that sucks. That <laughs> sucks. You'd be better off putting that um, that ten grand into a diversified portfolio um, and and making money off of like. Yeah, off of shares or stocks or something like that, or just like I don't know. I, I don't want to speak too much on that because I'm not um, not a finance bro, not an expert. No, but you would be better off. Uh, while it might look really nice for you to have a nest egg in the bank, if you've got money just chilling there, yeah, um, it's not it's not working for you. It's not you're not going to make as much money on interest exactly. as you would if you put it into some investments. Now, of course, there's always a risk with investments, right? They can go up and down depending yes. on the economic climate. But generally, but your money is also going up and down in the economic climate, and that's what people don't realize. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's always some risk involved. Yeah, I mean your bank could completely like shut down, <laughs> look, and then look. your money becomes like your money just disappears with the bank. Like that's something that people don't talk about. That's happened in the the US recently. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, hangover. I'm a hangover from the the Soviet Union, right? right. Where mum used to tell me all these stories about. She, I remember like she was like, uh, so one day I, I, I budgeted everything. So, you know, she would go to the shops every single day and get like, you know, milk, bread, whatever. Um, and she knew like in, in, in Russia anyway, in Omsk where I'm from, which is not Moscow where all the billionaires live. It, it's a very, it's like more of a rural city in Russia. It's very industrial and, um, it's more of like, it's less progressive, I suppose. Um, but you you have these market stands where you get every single thing from you don't go to a big supermarket at least back then you didn't yeah now it's a little bit more um advanced and kind of more normalized but yeah so she would go to each stand and she would get like milk go to another one get bread whatever one day she just went to those stands and everything was bang like what two rubles three rubles four five rubles more expensive right and she couldn't afford it and she knew she was like what the hell is going on she came back to her house and, and my grandma was like well um that's it you know the the economy is crashing and so we can't afford to live anymore right and so then yeah. that was when they went and like they were lining up to sell everyone not just them everyone was oh, lining yeah. up 
to trade gold and to sell gold and silver because that was the only way to make any money during those times. Yeah. So that's it's stressful. Terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see, I can see why you're, yeah, like always just cognizant of, I guess, you know, that, that one day the value of your dollar could be gone. Yeah. And like, yeah. Back it's not secure. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I guess, yeah, like it just, it, it might, we've, we've learned from, and I guess, you know, Australia's been all pretty solid economic system yeah. um, and people have relied on banks for a long time and keeping their money in a bank seems really safe, but I guess it's like, I mean, there's risk involved in everything, you know, yeah. so, yeah. um, being totally fearful of, of potentially investing your money in, in other things, um, and thinking, well, it's totally safe yeah. if I just keep it in the bank. It's like, well, you should, you know, weigh up the pros and cons there and, and maybe and do some of your own research because I think there's definitely still risk in keeping your money just stagnant in the bank. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to trying to make some passive income, I guess, off of like making some, and some smart investments as well. Not just like dumping all of your money into one thing, hoping that it'll oh, definitely lift not. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a dumb idea, you know, like or something really volatile, just so that you can buy the dip and then like make a bunch of quick money quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. like that's not how it works. Money that it, what's that quote? It's like anyone can make money, but a wise person can keep it. Yes, and right. actually yeah, yeah, turn yeah. it into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like um, from what I've heard and from um, uh, financial investors or like um, financial advisors at least is yeah, a, di a diversified, steady portfolio that grows over time that you're committed to keeping that money locked away for a period of um like five plus years yeah. to allow it to grow because obviously things do the stock market does crash and like but you what you hope is that like over a period of time it grows and grows yeah and so that is something that you should consider if you are in your early 20s is that um when you when you start to get some some more money and you know like financial stability that you should really consider that um uh yeah that you could you should consider trying to like grow your money a little bit more um and make it work for you rather than you working for it yeah and i think exactly and i think like the the greatest our greatest asset is our brain and education financial education is one of the most important things that you can do to mm. set yourself up to before you buy a house by the way because a house is not an asset if you don't know what you're going to do with mon your money someone else is going to make a plan for you and right. do it for you that's, whether that's yeah. the bank yeah, yeah, whether yeah. that's some guy who's like hey you got this invest in me yeah whether, yeah whether that's yeah or you make I a have... quick decision based on a news headline sort of thing and exactly bit, yeah yeah so, that's some really yeah yeah so so if there's something that i wish i could go back and tell my 20 year old self it would be a don't ever get a credit card which thankfully i never did or a zip pay account or whatever yeah b read about money because money is so fun and when you get money it is so fun it is money's really great you know it's really good so well, yeah yeah you need, you need, you need, <laughs> you need it and if once you work a system that sort of works for you yeah um, then, then it can feel very liberating and you can feel in control and um actually that, that sort of that sort of takes you back i guess to like so you know, because we're now like later twenties, so we have a little bit more 
in our yes. next egg than we did when we were in our earlier 20s. I feel like both of definitely, us have definitely. Um, so I want to I wanna circle back to the people who might be in their early 20s or they um, they might be new students, they've just moved to a big city or they've just moved in to like, and they want to study full time and they need, and they you don't, and you don't have that much um, money and you're doing that paycheck to paycheck thing, which is perfectly mm. normal mm. for like your early 20s. But these are things you should be con- just sort of keeping in the back of your mind, start reading about investment starts. You don't actually have to like participate in it yet. Yeah. We're still, you know, because the other thing we, we haven't really spoken about is the fact that like putting your, like at least when your money's in the bank, it's totally accessible to you at any point. And if you're in a situation where you can't really afford to put the money that you do have away in an investment for five years, because you might need it. Mm-hmm. Because especially if you're working casually, you don't know if you're going to like run out of work. So you might need that money. So yeah, like, yeah. I fully appreciate that. Um, but uh, I think the, the thing that you can do is learn about future investments, learn about things that are going to work for future you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a few things that I'd like to emphasize because these are some mistakes I made in my early 20s. The first bit, we've already covered it, the first being like don't get a credit card, don't get afterpay, don't do any of that stuff. Unless you're doing it for a very specific purpose, like traveling or you need to buy a laptop, like one item at a time, like and, and, and for you it's just going to be too much to pay off the whole thing in one go. Yeah. Okay, but be extremely specific about it. The second thing is look at your finances. Look at them. Look at your bank account. Yes, look yes. at your money report. It's terrifying. And I know that when you're in that paycheck to paycheck swing, it's terrifying to open up your bank account. Uh-huh. Right. Look at it. You have to look at it. Even if you've, if you've woken up from a big weekend or you've spe- you know you've spent a lot of money and there's not much money coming in, this is where money can start to control you. So my first yep. thing is you have to look at it and see the situation for what it is. And then from that, it sounds tedious and boring, but you're gonna need to make a budget. Oh God, I'm not, I've never been a budget of, but yes, you got it. <laughs> no, you're gonna need to make, well, you're Actually, gonna need some, not, not super specific and not super complicated. You don't even like, it doesn't need to be some massively powerful spreadsheet. Yes. That has everything clocking in, but it does need to be a bit of a plan, especially if you are a casual worker. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck, and if you find yourself really struggling to look at your bank statements or have a look at your bank account, have a look at what you're spending, that is a sign that money's starting to control you rather than you controlling money. Mm. And so a really important thing to do is like if you are experiencing, and it doesn't matter what level you're at, maybe you're in really bad debt and you need to you need to have, maybe you've got a lot of personal debt, a lot of afterpay building up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you're just really not making, maybe you're in the negative right now. That's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. It's just data. It's just it like, it's okay. But you, your first step is you have to look at your bank account. You have to see how bad it is and you have to remove the emotion from it. You have to take a deep breath and like you're saying before, have a wine, legit there and go through and have a look at where you're spending your money and be very non-judgmental about it. It's okay. If you, you know, cause the other thing too is a lot of us will like, um, build up subscription services that we don't know, we don't have any track of. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, you know, just because it's so easy to sign up for things then to forget to cancel them, whatever that might be coming out. That's okay. So you're going to look at this and you're going to have a look and see how bad the budget is, see what the total income is and see what the total outcome is. This is harder when you li- when you work 
week to week and you have instable income, but you can usually because average it out. Your expenses though, the income fluctuates, yeah. but the expenses are typically like pretty right. standard. Yeah. And you can control the expenses. You yeah. might not be able to necessarily control to the T how much you make week to week. You might be able to ballpark it. And we'll, uh, I don't know. But Centrelink, like for example, like I remember being on Centrelink um, and that was a certain amount of money coming into your account, no matter what situation that you're in at the time. You know, yes, so you can yeah. budget like two Centrelink, for example. You're expected you to do that at least. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can at least just uh, and like list out all the income and list out all the outcome, see what the difference is. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, what is my financial situation? Do I... And then, and then have a look at the outcomes because it's the first thing you can do is like, what can I do to minimize the expenditures, mm. right? So I, well, the first thing I would do is have a look at unused subscription services, streaming services. Do you need 10 or can you just have Netflix? <laughs> can you share with a mate? Can you go halves on some stuff? Is oh, someone yeah. going to give you their password? Can you do that? Like I pay for Stan, my mum pays for Netflix and then we trade like yeah <laughs> can you do that with a mate can you because if, if streaming if you like a bunch of different shows and stuff you don't have to sacrifice that but can you organize some sort of <laughs> <laughs> you guys but i really hope that none of none of our family is listening to this but we don't pay for anything because we're we're just like hey man you got a netflix password right yeah, yeah and we yeah, just yeah. literally stay on and like we never log out Absolutely. we don't pay for netflix or disney but this is you gotta hustle but this is you, you gotta, gotta hustle, hustle it. You gotta do what you gotta do man that's, that's the thing like, so you gotta you, lie you gotta steal from your family <laughs> there's there's what it, like so if you're in a share house for example there's no reason why you should all have a netflix account oh yeah right? everyone we should be one person with netflix and then and then you know to make it fair or whatever you could organize like okay well i'll do the netflix you can do this blah blah blah, blah, blah. um there are so many things that you you can do so i, I would have a look at that now are there any gyms that you just don't go to anymore oh yeah be honest be, with yourself. be honest dude. you're yeah, not gonna yeah. go to the gym are you are you, you, gonna, are you really gonna go to the gym uh, yeah let's be real if you're not going at least like twice a week gym membership's probably not worth it maybe just go yeah. for a run instead <laughs> yeah also yeah. like on average right like for me um when i did the numbers on my old gym membership and it works out that like okay for it worked out for me that for a period of time i was going to the gym like three four days a week but then another period of time i was only going like once a week yeah. so on average it actually ended up me being it, it being cheaper of me going and paying for uh i think it's like this is for good life as an example there's yeah. like you can pay for just uh and it, it, one week's attendance three times. Yep. So, and it is more expensive than a membership, but for me, it actually worked out worked to be in the long Absolutely. Term. That's what I've started to do. So, like, I go to yoga, but sometimes my life fluctuates. Sometimes I've got a lot of time for yoga, sometimes I've got no time for yoga. Yeah. So, I buy 10 passes up front. And then, yep, okay, cool. It's now $15 a class instead of if you just had the um, the unlimited $40 a week thing, then you could go to whatever. And then technically, yeah, you could yeah. you could get much better value. But I'm not going to go to a yoga class every day. Um, I'm going to be honest with myself. So I'd rather just pay for each session up front. And you'd be surprised how many, even though it might look psychologically like paying a week-to-week -week debit thing, mm -hmm. um, that that would be the best value unless you're using it like every day or at least three, four times a week, it is going to probably be better for you to pay it up front. Yep. That way you're in control. Again, you're in control of your finances. 
like and you are you're not just letting this money just like come out of your account and just forgetting it it's like oh there goes another 30 bucks there goes another 40 yes. bucks that, and yeah. just disappearing now that that's an example of money controlling you mm-hmm. and other people controlling you. other people will take your money if you don't take control and, and of your if, money. You, if you allow people to take that money from you whereas if you buy your 10 passes up front all right maybe it's 200 bucks or whatever for a certain amount of like yoga lessons cool you um pay for them but then they're yours then and you're never gonna have you're never gonna have anyone like every single class you've paid for already yeah and you get what you pay for also i mean i don't know if you guys can relate to this but for me right take this as an example i've wanted a really nice like luxury car for obviously all like a lot of us want a nice like luxury car but this is a good example i wanted one for a really long time and i had a choice um a number of years ago whether to buy um a the the car that i wanted or like the luxe car that i wanted or buy a smaller car but the smaller car i would pay off myself and it would just be 100 yeah. percent mine and i would have no debt on it Absolutely. and i had the money outright whereas with the luxe car i would take out a loan of about 10 to 10 15 grand that i would then have to keep on paying then, off then you're gonna have to pay even more than the car's worth yes because yes. you've got to pay interest on a car loan yeah yeah exactly so it's, there's 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 that accumulation right for me for me i chose to uh buy the smaller car but now i have I have my I have my dream car. I can honestly say I have my dream car. I bought that car outright and it's not like it I it's it's got a lot of case like it's not like a brand new I'm not talking like a brand new rangey, which I will get to shortly. <laughs> I will get to. But it is a nice car. Yeah. Um and it feels so much better driving it knowing that i just have it it's, it's mine yours. it's Ownership. mine i yeah. don't have any debt on it yeah this is it i'm driving it if anything happens i've got insurance cool whatever i would resent driving that car if you were if i had bought that car a number of years ago and i was still paying off right. this debt so it was better for you you made it a much like you worked towards it so like you you know, you're like, I really want the really nice, shiny, cool one, but I'm going to settle for the practical one that's going to serve yes. me well right now. Yes. So that you have this sense of agency and ownership over the things you own. Yeah. It's so much better. I, I, I feel the same with phones, right? Like, oh, a phone is a great phone. is a good, yeah. So, um, you know, you can, you can get the latest iPhone or the latest Samsung or whatever. I mean, phones are so expensive now. You can get them on a plan, be paying at 120 a month or whatever it is. I used to really. struggle being a student paying that's, my phone off. Yeah, that should be a thing now i know that it's sometimes hard i like i have a lot of um empathy really for people who are like because then if you want to buy a phone outright that's like even because like i bought my phone outright for like 500 bucks got it refurbed but i still need you still need a certain quality of phone like i didn't want just like a crappy phone yeah you need a, a good quality phone so sometimes making that initial payment of like 500 bucks straight out the gate is is hard and it bites the bank a bit especially if you're living in this week-to-week situation but if you can man- that's where i guess maybe like an afterpay thing can come in really helpful just specifically to get you over the line yeah yeah buying it outright though will pay dividends because you are going to pay much less just if you buy a phone outright and then put a prepaid sim in it mm-hmm. you are gonna you're gonna be laughing like you're gonna pay way less on the than the person who might only pay 120 dollars for the first month but then is now stuck into a contract 
for 36 months. Like they go for more than two years now. Yeah. And, um, and if and, you and, don't outwardly cancel it, they'll keep on doing they'll it. They'll just keep putting it. Yeah. yeah. And it's you're it's gonna pay so much. You're gonna pay for the phone at the top dollar plus the 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 plan that goes with it. That's usually a pretty bad deal compared to like prepaid plans. And it's not it's not your phone yet. It takes yeah. you a long time to own it. Also, what if you bust like things like phones and cars depreciate in value very? Oh very yeah, not very, a, they're very, not an asset. They're so a very big liability. It's not like having a mortgage on a house where like you know you could sell it later for it will appreciate maybe in value. Um, it's it's an instant like declining value item it will it's and so there are things like phones and cars like you are so much better off doing what you can to pull it and i know that it can be hard and i really appreciate for some people who are like yeah but if i get it on the loan it'll be easier in the short term it's like yeah but the the cheap man always pays more that's exactly right i love i love that because i was just about to say the you, you can't when you're making just anything in life right like don't think of the instant gratification that you're going to get because that's going to bite you in the ass. You have mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. 10 steps ahead. Is that cake really worth it? Is mm-hmm. that phone right now really worth it? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, or, or the car. Because later on, you're going to be paying for it. You're going to be totally. resenting yourself for it. You're going to cause yourself so mm-hmm. much more stress. On that topic, you know, one thing that... Everyone our age and every like a lot of Gen Z's are getting into this now is this idea of buying a house being like the absolute asset and absolute goal and I just really wanted to touch on that subject because my partner and I have been homeowners we've left we have rented a place out we have we've sold a property we've done those we we've done that road you know we've had that journey and and let me tell you first of all a house is not an asset. Hear me out. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Well, it's it, <laughs> a house is not an asset. So when you have a house, you first of all you have a mortgage that you are locked into that you have to pay, and you are not necessarily in control of how much money you pay for that mortgage. Your interest keep going up and up and up, and then you can be in a really panicky place to go and sell it. An asset is something where it it, it gives you cash, it gives you passive income, it gives you cash right. flow, right, week to week. So just because you own a house like you may as well be renting you you have right. you have your rates that you got to pay on a house yep you've got to you have your rates you have your expenses like for example if a roof leaks and you're in a rental that property yeah, owner is responsible for Absolutely. it we have been in a really terrifying situation where our house has leaked and it's all on us it's all on you to go and yep. fix that do yep. you know how scary that is it is not fun totally and i think that's a really good because I, I was in a, a situation where i nearly bought this this apartment right and yep. i was very close very close and i eventually just didn't i didn't have the borrowing capacity and i really thought this would have been a good idea i'm so lucky and thankful that i didn't yeah in the end to have this as my first home because it would have been a um uh i l- learned eventually that the building has a lot of defects there's a lot of issues with these buildings and um and there's insane like when i went to the broker and had a look there's body corp fees there's rates like yes you said, body fees, there's yeah. you got to get insurance now there's all these other legal fees you have to pay for all this stuff so and then you're locked in and i would have to borrow from the bank the maximum 
like if I was going to get this place, I'd have to borrow the maximum amount I could borrow, which is mm -hmm. now the, the, and then, so the rate at which I could pay it off, I wouldn't be able to even start paying off the, the actual place, the actual house itself for ages because I'd just be paying off the interest. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be paying way more than the, the this place. Oh yeah. 400. The, the interest is yeah. the interest. We didn't even talk about the interest. Yeah. You're not really? paying off your house for the yeah. first five years. Yeah. That's just, just, and people don't talk about that. Now I know that there is, and I know that, that's not to say that like owning your own home is like a bad, is a bad thing because again when you own something it's like awesome that there's agency in that that's really cool no one can kick you out you know the the, the unfortunate thing about being a tenant is that like you can just mm -hmm. not get a lease from you you have to move a lot people come in and do inspections all the time it's like but what I think for our generation what people don't talk about is the absolute stress and chaos that it causes of like owning an, an apartment when it's mm -hmm. just slightly above your means like this yes. I almost could have done it and I nearly did do it but it would have been just out of my means and it would have caused me way more stress mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. it would renting just continuing to rent for a little bit longer because yes I'm paying off someone else's mortgage yeah but I don't have the extra stress of mm -hmm. being locked into living in in the city that I live in for ages and like and you know and just having this and paying off interest for the bank that they yeah. use, not not even paying off the asset absolutely of the house. yeah so so it really depends like I think a lot of the time in our twenties like there'll be a lot of people who say oh renting is trash like you're throwing money into a black hole it's like well you know no not necessarily also guys. Yeah, guys. Hot take coming hot in. Hot take coming in. Everyone talks about this rental crisis that we're in now. No one talks about the rental crisis when it comes to homeowners. All everyone's interests are going up. They oh. can't afford to live in their the, own home. The amount of people, and you know who the people who hit? Not not <laughs> not the people who bought houses on the on a like when interest rates were nearly zero. Yeah, they not fixed their rate. Not those. Not, not not the boomers that own a bunch of properties and just outright like this. And going, you need your own home. home. Yeah, it's it's the people who were first homeowned by like home buyers like pretty recently. It's people in their twenties, thirties that are really feeling the brunt of all these like interest rate hikes that have happened in Australia. Yeah. Um, and that sounds unbelievably stressful. And here's the thing as well. Like you're going to be paying money to live no matter what, like you're screwed no matter what, yeah. like unless, unless of course you can like live with your folks or whatever, or you can like sort of live for free somehow. But again, there's a cost associated with that. You're going to have to like, you're dependent now on someone, you don't, you know, but if you don't think that, oh, don't get down on yourself if you are renting still. Yeah. Because yeah. You are like, I pay like a lot of money in rent that I wish I didn't have to. I wish it wasn't that expensive, but you know what? I've seen on the other side, what the mortgage repayments would have been on the same apartment. <laughs> I'm winning renting. I'm you winning. Are. So there's, there's again, there's just like when it comes to, I, I, like I know that young people in their twenties, the, the big golden ticket is to own your own house and to, to own property. And I think it's one of the things it's, we sort of see it like owning the Mercedes Benz and financing the Mercedes-Benz. It's like, really, really, really yes. think about it. Yeah. Just because everyone else has gotten into the property market, is it a good idea for you personally? Are you going to be stressed out of your mind paying off an exorbitant mortgage? Yes, you are. Just so you can own a house. Like, <laughs> I can say, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is definitely something to consider. You're not necessarily losing when you rent. It's like, yes, there are downsides to renting. I don't think, you know, it'd be, it's nice to eventually own your own home so you've got the stability. But really think about. 
the, the risks associated with going into a mortgage that might be unaffordable. Rather than putting all your money into a house, why not put it into an income producing asset? This sounds really ridiculous, but for example, why not buy a billboard with that money? Oh yeah. Why not or a buy a billboard? Why not buy a car space? Yeah. Why not buy shit that will give you money every single month and put money in your pocket? So that you can and, and pay your rent for you. Absolutely. That is that is what an asset actually is. And that is why a house is not an asset. Dude, owning a car space would be awesome. Owning yeah, a car the, the level of maintenance required on that is, is zero. Yeah. Owning a couple of billboards, you know how much money people make yeah. from laundromats, billboards, <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Actually, if you're someone in your twenties, I, I wish someone told me this sooner. Buy instead of putting your money in a savings account in a bank, get some gold, get some silver. Get some gold and silver. Get right, some gold yeah. and silver. You can spend 40 bucks on some gold and silver. If you really need the money, you can go and trade it in the city totally. that day and you can get that so, money back. Yeah, so like as we were talking about the nest egg before, um, uh, people like to see that they've got money in the bank, right? But the thing is, is like if you were to buy something like gold or silver, you can still go get that change today for some cash, like if you needed it. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. you've put the, like, the, the, you know, you've, it's it's the money's there. But gold and silver are, are a good investment because they're really solid, very safe, and over a long period of time mm -hmm. will appreciate in value. They do. They really do. And the thing is, is like, it's a really easy way of going, okay, 40, okay, I want to spend $80 on this piece of gold or this piece of silver, yeah. you accumulate it, you can sit there, you can go bury it or put it in a safe or you can sit there and look at it. That is your money. That's still that money, is accumulating. Yeah. Gives you that sense of ownership. Yes. You know, you're not like, because I, I totally get it when people are like, I don't want to start investing because I like my money in the bank. Yeah. Like it's the equivalent, but it now instead of like, just doing nothing now it's it's an actual valuable asset a very well, safe one too well yeah and also if you're someone who hates the government and hates the banks like i do the bank takes so there's this uh federal reserve rule that a bank can actually use your money 40 times over so whilst your money is not working for you and you have it in a bank account the bank is taking that putting it to use 40 times over and you're getting back nothing. Yeah. You're getting back 1% well, like pixel, and yeah. they're getting back whatever percentage that they get off that return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you did that yourself? That's, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. The, the banks used to be, I think, like a sort of pillar of society, a very respectable um, thing where you could keep your money nice and safe. Banks are sleazy. Sleazy yes, money-making. They are. Um, like industries. So know. no wonder, no wonder the bank wants you to get a mortgage. No yeah, wonder the bank, the bank wants you to loves, save for a house. That's the thing. It's like people are like, oh, I might not get approved for a mortgage. The bank wants you to. That's how the bank makes money is by the fact that people need to pay really high interest rates. Um, and obviously, like you know, since the global financial crisis, they're a little bit more stressed. Well, they're stressed they're now. They're going, don't get a loan. Don't get a loan. The, yeah. the, the reason that they're putting the interest rates higher, they're like, no, do not. No, 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 no. no yeah, no. yeah, because there's inflation at the moment and there's a lot of things happening. But you know, this. But generally speaking, like they'll they'll want to they'll still give you a loan even if it's not right for you because um, they don't care about you right they care about yeah they would yeah. rather you be stressed out of your mind paying them that's how they make money they wouldn't be able to yeah. survive yeah if people 
Like if everyone takes their money out of a bank, the bank goes. Like if everyone starts to freak out and, and if everyone just stopped getting loans, everyone the bank collapses, right? So they need you and they need your money in it to, to, to make money. So buying something like gold or silver that's now yours, it is tradable, it is safe, mm-hmm. and it's not something that's going to – it's not a risky investment. It's not a risky investment not at like, all. You know, it is the definition of an income-producing asset yeah, like the silver. totally. And I think, like, you know, right, I, I mean, I can't – again, not a finance bro, not an expert, but what, what I have heard is, like, buying gold and silver at the moment. A lot of people have been doing it, so the rates, you know, it's not as – the exchange rate, like money into gold, isn't as good as what it was maybe like five, six years ago. But that's okay because there's never like a perfect time to buy an investment. Like the, yeah. that's the thing. People say when when's the right time to invest? When you yeah. know, like there's how long's a piece of string? You know, there's the we don't we can make some predictions about the market, but like at the end of the day, you know, again having a diversified portfolio, just having a few little investments here and there, and hanging on to them is gonna pay dividends eventually. It pays dividends to at least learn about what your money's doing and and where it is being stored and and you know and to it just pays to know a little bit and to make some decisions for yourself about where your money goes. And like in terms of talking about investments, the other thing I think that is a great investment if especially if you're in that like if you're in that week to week stage cat like casual employment, short term contract employment not super stable, not not particular, like you know maybe have a uh, um, a working class job. You don't have a whole lot of money coming in. You don't have a whole lot to just throw away into an investment, right? Because you might need that money. What one thing you can do, and one thing I would really really recommend doing, is just starting a habit of just pop putting away whatever you can, whatever you can in the budget. When you have a look at your income and see where your expenditures are going, when when you've done all of that and then you you need to think about like well how much can i save and saving or or investing or something should be a part of the budget right um when you can get to that stage like obviously you might be in a situation where you need a lot of debt you need to focus on that once you're at a point where you've you've cleared the debt or you need to think about sort of like future you habits man like having a habit where if all you can afford is to put 20 bucks a week into um, or, or even 20 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month into some sort of like investment portfolio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something like Raise, um, which is an app. There's something that I used is really good. So it's a really low fee cost thing. You take your money out of the bank, pops it into like a portfolio. You can select from a few default options, like an aggressive portfolio um, that'll, you know, have higher risk, but like, mm-hmm. um, but have high gain potential. And it's like, you could just put small amounts of money in there and it's the habit that you can form when you don't have much money. But if you start the habit now, when you do make more money, you'll already be in a habit of mm-hmm. investing and saving. Now you can add more to the pot. But if you're, if all you can afford is to do $10 a month and it's going straight into an investment portfolio or something like Raise, the other thing that's cool about Raise is that it can um, tracks your uh, spending and rounds every purchase up to the nearest dollar, takes that money and puts that, like it's called roundups and puts that into the, um, into the raise account as well. So you're just putting in the roundups, like the loose, loose ends of your money. And, uh, that might work out to be, I don't know, like 20 bucks a week or something like that. And then that is just ticking away and it can be left alone and you're starting to build a habit of investing. 
That is a great thing you can do when you are not a high roller, when you don't have much money, when you're working week to week, there's always something you can do and you can feel very proud of yourself for being like, and it's the consistency of it. I think that's yeah, more yeah. important than the amount. It's, I know it doesn't seem like much when you're like, oh, I'm putting away $10 a week um, into a bank account, but you know what? That's 520 bucks a year. Yeah. So by the end of the year, and then if you put 520 bucks into a raised portfolio, um, and then, you know, like if we're not in like a current, like, um, stock market crash or anything like that, you might find that your 520 has turned into 600 mm. maybe, you know? Yeah. And so, and that's far more than a bank would ever give you off of the interest. Oh yeah. And that way, and it's also locked away into this other thing as well. Like the, the cool thing about these apps like Raise, and I think there's another one called Spaceship that might be very similar, is that you can't, uh, it's a good savings technique because you can put the money into it, and yeah. then if you want the money back out, you can get it out. I mean, transfer it back into your account um, at any point, but it'll take up to five days to come back into your account. Mm -hmm. So you sort of have to think ahead, and you can't impulsively spend the money. So if yeah. impulsive spending is something you struggle with, this is a really good discipline strategy. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, th there's obvious risks to, like, like I mean – Again, I've never saved in a bank. Um, I've put it into other things. Um, there is an inevitable risk, of course, of losing that money. But you're going to lose it in a bank anyway with the current rate of inflation. It'll just look like you have the same value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all comes down to, again, not letting money control you. Yeah. And practicing good stewardship. That's the word I've been looking for. Good stewardship is like good being a manager of your money yeah, and um, practicing things that practicing habits and, and you don't even need much money to start practicing those habits. Yeah. Um, Cause there's sort of a, a misconception that, yeah, you need at least $10,000 in the bank before you can do anything. No, right. It's like, no, you can do something with a hundred bucks and do something with 50 bucks. It doesn't really matter. You can start managing your money today when you've got nothing. Start yeah. at the very least learning about investments, <laughs> learning about what future you is going to do. Um, the other thing too is getting your superannuation sorted. Oh, as, yeah. as someone in your young 20s, absolutely, like again, this isn't something I want to rave on about too much, but if you've if you've been hopping around casual jobs for a while, the, the honestly, the and you've got multiple super accounts, Get rid of that. What what the hell's going on there? Go and consolidate them. Go and um, find out what the best industry super fund is for you, and just stick with that one. And then consolidate it. All it takes is logging into the website, and the um, the ATO, like the the um, the government, will find all your lost super and consolidate it into the one account. Hmm. It's very very easy. Um, and I would, if you don't know how many super accounts you've got you you need to find out and have that sorted because superannuation is a great thing that you don't really need to think about as much in your early 20s but if you've got multiple accounts open that you're going to be paying fees on all of those accounts and not accruing mm. um money as much as if you would if all that money was in one spot also you can look at the t's and c's in a super account um i have like I'm a fan of self-managed super funds if you're really confident in your ability to invest in certain things. Mm -hmm. However, um, su normal super accounts as well, um, something that I did is like there's, there's T's and C's in those super accounts and you can like, for example, I was, um, I was like a high risk person because by default it said I was a smoker. Right. 
Like the the so um, does that does that increase like your death insurance? Yeah, like yeah. Those things that come yeah, out. Of yeah, yeah. So there's the certain T's and C's if you look at that you can like change that'll slightly change right. the amount okay. of super that you get back. That's interesting. That's yeah. yeah. I think it would be worth, or even like booking an appointment with to see like uh, like a consultant at the superannuation firm that you you want to go with because that's they they always have that option. It's free. You shop, then you say, "Hey, I don't know anything about super. I need to sort mine out." Yeah, and they'll they'll help you um, set up like beneficiaries and like and and sort it out and make sure you consolidate all your super into one account. Yeah, the very bare minimum. If that's not something you want to think about right now, because like we could talk about salary sacrificing and self managed super funds for days. Oh um, yeah, that's a that's, whole, that's thing. whole thing. But I think as a bare minimum, make sure you've just got one super account. Yes. Yeah. Just as straight off the bat, yep. like that is something you should do in your early twenties. Guys, we've talked for a really long time about there are so many different strategies that you can do, but you know, it always comes down to like educating yourself. Go jump on a YouTube, jump on some podcasts, get some audio books, get some yeah. books. One book that I highly recommend every single person in this world reads is Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's been on the t it's it's got some sort of Guinness World Record for being on like the Amazon's top ten lists for like a, over a decade or something yeah. ridiculous like that. But yeah, and if you're also like a female who wants to manage your money because I'm really into like I have to listen to a lot of men talk about this stuff a person who I love to listen to is Kim Kiyosaki she's a rich dad's partner and she's like she's a she's a billion dollar baby you know she's a, she's an incredible investor and uh, she's got a couple of books that are really great if you're a female who wants to get into investing and doesn't want to listen to like a male perspective of yeah. it all um, she's very very good with that stuff um, anything else um, no I think just like my biggest piece of advice is good stewardship and look at your money look at where it's going yes Yes. Pay attention and, and, and don't and don't be don't have some self compassion. And if you are in a situation where you're like, I haven't been spending my money wisely, or I'm in debt, or that that's okay, and there is a way out of it. And um, and I think you know, it, depending on your situation, how bad it is, you will need like professional advice. So, yeah. And this is just general advice that we're giving here. But you do need to look at your money and not let it control you because the world we live in. People will come and rob your money from yeah. you at any opportunity they can because that is the society we live in. So mm. look at your money, think about where it's going, um, budget like and, and and plan in advance, and think about all the small think about all the small stuff and where that yeah. money is disappearing off to. Like if you're buying. Um, a, you know, like if you're buying a coffee every day out, think about what that costs you in a year. Um, if you're buying a particular, like if you've got multiple subscriptions to things and then like think about the yearly cost of things, that's yeah. another way you can think about it. And then on top of that, when, when you're ready, think about long-term you and mm. where you want your money to go mm. eventually and how you want your money to grow and what investments might work for you yeah. long-term. Yeah. Anyway, if you, um, if you've liked this podcast, please like, comment, subscribe, um, and let us know if you'd like to hear about any other, any other different topics. Um, if you've got any other questions, please feel free to reach out to us and, uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks guys.